Welcome to Shirt Factory Center Stage, a podcast recorded at the newest century-old hotspot, the Littit Shirt Factory. Join in as the relentlessly curious co-hosts Jim Hoffer and Kim Schaller shine a spotlight on the talented performers who will entertain and energize audiences from this very stage. It's quirky. It's fun. It's a behind-the-scenes listen that you won't want to miss. And now, here's Shirt Factory Center Stage. Kim, where the hell have you been? <laughs> Hi, Jim. How are you? You were gone for the entire month of September. I was. I was gone the entire month of September. I needed a break. From? <laughs> From not traveling. Oh. I, I really had missed travel through COVID. Yeah. I so. thought you ran away, quite no, frankly. No, I did not run away. Okay. So you're, no. where did you go? I went on vacation. I went to Montana. I went hiking in Glacier National Park, which was beautiful. Went there for a week. And then I went to South Dakota for another, I don't know, five or six days. You didn't went, go to a, like a dudette ranch, did No. You? Well, I did do glamping, though. I did camp. It's called Under the Canvas in South Dakota, and it's considered glamping. I don't consider it glamping. So like- They didn't give you wine. They didn't- No, you had to- We camped. You roughed it. We roughed it. So I did that and went to Mount Rushmore and Crazy Horse in the Badlands. And then I went to visit Carly, my daughter, in Colorado for a week. Oh, that's she just nice. moved to Silverthorne, which is a beautiful, oh my gosh, Jim, you've got to go. It's between Denver and Aspen. It's one of these mountain towns. It was beautiful. So I went and visited her for a week and then came back and went to New York to your old hometown for a few days, took my niece and my sister. What'd you do so there? We went to a show and just hung out. I hadn't been there since pre-COVID. So to get back to the city and just... And I told you this, I was so impressed with the mask wearing in New York and impressed that three of the restaurants we went to asked to see our vaccination card, which I, no one has asked me to see it here. So I think New York seems to be doing a pretty good job. So it was good. And now I'm back. Well, that's great. And traveling is sort of all about creating the memories. Right. That's how I see it. Is there any one memory that really you think will stay with you that's indelible? Oh, geez. That's a good one. I think all of it. We hired these two women when we were in South Dakota to tour us around. And one of them was actually a Native American. She's from the Lakota tribe. Her mother was from the Lakota tribe. And she just did North American storytelling. And, I, you know, we were in on hiking trails and they, they had these really special places that she just told us some of the lore of the Native Americans. So that to me, I'll always sort of in my mind picture that. That is so, neat. Yeah, it was really, so that was pretty cool. And of course, seeing my daughter and then missing you, of course, was <laughs> No, it was really nice being away. But what did you do while I was gone? Did you do anything? I was working. Oh, you know, I'm trying, okay. you know, I am trying to build a business. Yeah, a you business. Know. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm back here. I'm working. Okay. Working hard. And you did a podcast. I, 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 I had to. I don't even because you abandoned you totally I abandoned abandon, me. And I went away. No, but you did. I am here to tell everybody. Jim did a podcast without me. He actually did. I did a wonderful talent that's coming to the Shirt Factory in November. Um, her name is Carsey Blanton, and Jim had the opportunity to talk to her. Now I'm not going to say the interview is terrible, but kind of I do add a different dimension to it. Well, but we'll do. let you be the judge. But of I'm glad that I had Carsey Blanton all to myself. Oh my God! Just saying. it was a phone interview. <laughs> well, but well, still, that's really one can sad. dream. One, come on, 
Yeah, I was like, you know what? I am really glad Kim is not in it because she would be just kind of trying to. Well, just horn it because she is. Horn it. She's beautiful. Yeah, she is, and she's really, really smart, and a lot of that wit and wistfulness that she exudes, I think, comes through in her songwriting. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I guess the best way to describe Carsey Bland is kind of Americana, folk, blues, swing, pop. I mean, it's a real kind of soulful blend and mix. Mm -hmm. And she writes all of her songs. It's all original work. She has a new album out called Love and Rage. And I actually went to see her while you were on vacation. Part of my job, you know, to see, you know, you know, whether she measures up to the kind of talent I want to have at the Shirt Factory. She certainly does. It's going to be one of the best shows I think that I've ever had at the oh, Shirt Factory. Good. I am really excited. It's November 19th, November which is a 19th. Friday. Okay. And why don't we listen yeah, to the let's interview? Listen. Here's Carsey Blanton. Hi, Carsey. Hi. So listen, where I'm just curious, paint a picture for me. Are you sitting in your kitchen? Are you in a car driving somewhere? Where are you right now to do this interview? I am in my little studio room in my house, which is in the Lehigh Valley. Listen, so you're beginning a national tour. And I'm wondering, is this the first time back on the road doing live shows since COVID? Pretty much. I did some shows over the summer, probably six or seven, but they were all outdoors. We just did our first couple of indoor theater shows last weekend in Boston and D.C. And then, yeah, we've got another 20-some on the schedule here for the fall. I know. Something we can all stay safe. Well, yeah, that's the key. It's, yeah. you never, it's like one step forward, two steps back with this. <laughs> I know. It's sort of becoming a joke in the, in the touring musician world where like, we're all kind of like, yeah, the show's on the 22nd. We hope. <laughs> I know. I can't. Well, yeah. I mean, listen, exactly. You kind of have to just roll with it and hope for the best. I'm really glad that one of those stops on your tour is Lit at Shirt Factory, and that's on November 19th. And what I'm really looking forward to is hearing some of these songs from your new album, Love and Rage. You wrote a lot of these songs. I mean, I'm assuming, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think you wrote a lot of these during the pandemic, during the Black Lives Matter protest divisive presidential election. I mean, these were kind of unprecedented times. And I'm wondering, did that stoke your creativity or did it drain it? I tend to create a lot in times of high conflict. So the pandemic was pretty fertile <laughs> ground for me as a songwriter. I did write probably about half the songs before the pandemic and the other half in the pandemic that made it onto the Love and Rage album. And I didn't used to write about politics. I used to write pretty exclusively about interpersonal stuff. And then over the last two, three albums, I just became more interested in politics and also more concerned as <laughs> having more emotions about politics. And so they started making it into my songs. So the pandemic has been a great time for thinking about society and how it is run and why it's run that way and if we could do a better job. So that's... um kind of the topics that a lot of the songs are touching on. Well, one of the things that sort of surprised me as I listened to the album and to the songs is that despite the struggle that you've been through these past couple of years, unable to tour, and I know that gives you a lot of strength, touring mentally and emotionally is, helps you, the loss of two grandparents to COVID, and then you also you had to move from 
your adopted beloved city of New Orleans. Despite all of that going on, there is a lot of hope in this album. In fact, you kind of urge optimism over cynicism. And I'm wondering how you were able, given all of that, how were you able to sort of tap into that? That's a great question. The first thing that comes to mind when you ask that is a quote from James Baldwin, who is one of my heroes, a great writer, who said, I can't be a pessimist because I'm alive. I'm forced to be an optimist. And I think that's where my optimism comes from, too. It's not so much that I can see the way out of the mess that we're in. It's just that because we're alive and we're part of this moment, we have to dedicate ourselves to to the future. And that's inherently an optimistic act. So I believe that any human system can be changed by human beings, to paraphrase another of my favorite writers, Ursula Le Guin. And so I, I think it's possible to get ourselves out of this. And so as much as I grieve for the sort of human drama that's playing out around me, I also, I believe in us. <laughs> well, yeah. And it's almost kind of like some of the songs I, I, I kind of like laughed out loud because I got a feeling like you were embracing the absurdity of everything going on around us. And you know what? I'd rather do that than cry, <laughs> to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah. Maybe that's the other aspect to answer your question more. I think I always have had a sense of humor and a bit of a dark sense of humor. So I just don't do well with total seriousness. <laughs> so when times are hard, I think one of my tendencies is to make jokes and make light of it because it does help. It helps us get through it. So humor's always been a big part of my writing and a big part of my show. And that's kind of one of my main coping mechanisms that I try to bring to a tough situation. In one of the songs, All My Love, boy, you really lay yourself out there. You really open up and and I get a sense of vulnerability. It kind of is reminiscent of um, the Bonnie Raitt song, I Can't Make You Love Me. I mean, it reminds me of that. But with one exception, despite the wistfulness about it, there's hope there, even in this very kind of sad love song. And you say, if we had a thousand years to love this world, it might not be enough. Don't give up the fight. Shine the little light. Give it all your love. I mean, that that's really good songwriting, Carsey. <laughs> it really is. Thank you. Now the moon is coming out So there isn't any doubt Now With your body touching One of the things that I've always been inspired by as a writer is the sort of arc of like a new love affair of erotic love. So I have a lot of songs about like new love or even like one night stands or 
people you meet in a bar and you have an exciting time with. So that song started out being about that. And then I likened it to the feeling of being alive in a time like this where things often feel hopeless because inherently, like when you have a limited time with someone who you love, you have this feeling of like, wow, we're, we're not going to be together anymore after this. And I think that can either make you run away or it can make you go ahead and like dive into it with your whole heart, knowing that you're going to be heartbroken. And I think that's kind of the way I feel about being alive right now. <laughs> it's sort of like, yeah, it does kind of feel like the end of the world. We're kind of living in this crumbling empire, watching things fall apart around us. And on one hand, that's very scary. But on the other hand, it makes me really want to throw myself into trying to improve people's lives and, you know, give it all my love, even if it does feel hopeless. It's... You don't really get, get anything out of holding back or running away from it. Yeah, no, I think you nail it, that sense of wistfulness of sort of a fleeting love in the song. It's really wonderful and also gives some hope, which is really great. One other song that I'm going to talk, dissect if you don't mind, sure. is, and I think there wasn't much hope in this song. You probably know which one I'm talking about. So Long New Orleans, you know, you almost, I get the sense that you were almost prophetic in this because, you know, this, considering this past week and Hurricane Ida, I mean, this is yet another punch, not as powerful as Katrina, but yet another big blow to New Orleans. And you sort of wonder how many blows can a city take? And your song, sort of written before Ida, I might add, basically addresses that. I mean, it sounds like you're saying, you know what? At some point, New Orleans may not be here. Yeah, it is that. And it's also just personal story about me leaving the city. But I think it's important to remember that New Orleans has been wiped off the map hundreds of times since 1707 or 1717, whenever it is that <laughs> the city was founded. So it's sort of the eternally dies and reborn is reborn. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, on one hand, I do feel like because of climate change, New Orleans is not long for this world. And at the same time, it's kind of like it's always been that way. So it's nothing new. <laughs> and I do think that's also what's so special about that place and what people are so drawn to is that it has this sense of death and rebirth all the time. And there's something like exciting about that. of New Orleans is that it's just as likely to for your street to be flooded and your car to be washed away as for a parade to come down your street and <laughs> you get to go dancing out your door. It's like they're both happening all the time. Right. So there's sort of no escaping it. Wow. <laughs> and yet you write this song and then, then you end up moving. Uh, you move back to yeah. Philadelphia, right? Mm -hmm. Was that difficult to do? A little bit. 
I had been there for seven or eight years, my husband, John, and we had talked, we'd been talking about moving and then the pandemic just kind of clarified for me who I needed in my life. <laughs> and for me, that was my band who are in Philly, New York, and my family who are all around Philly as well. So it just felt like kind of time to come home once we went into lockdown. Yeah. Well, you in about half the country. Yeah, exactly. I know. I'm part of a I'm part of a statistic for sure. Yeah. I mean, I just before COVID, I went back home after 25 years in in New York City and I'm back in this small town of Lidditz trying to start this business, which you'll get to see in November. Just a quick two questions here and I'll let you go. You know, your songs are this wonderful kind of mix of, I think, of folk and country and jazz, swing, pop, maybe even Zydeco in there, I guess. I'm wondering, where does this blend come from? I mean, I read about your hippie parents also growing up in the Virginia Shenandoah Valley. So how does this happen? How does it work? What are the, what are the influences, do you think, behind your music? That's tough. I'm a very broad listener, so I would say that my lifelong interest musically has been in songs, and great songs come from all different genres. <laughs> so, you know, I grew up my parents would play folk music. John Prine was huge in my household, mm-hmm. um, as was Bob Dylan and Paul Simon, Joni Mitchell. And also, like, it was the early 90s, so it was, like, a lot of Bonnie Raitt, Gillian Welch, Lucinda Williams, sort of Americana people. And then as I, as I got older and started to develop my own taste, I got really into jazz and listened to a lot of Billie Holiday and Nina Simone, Ray Charles, and people like that. And then I think my taste just sort of continued to grow from there, so... I got really into R&B and Motown and had a big rock and roll phase and early punk rock, Elvis Costello and Nick Lowe. But I think the thread that ties it all together is that I really love songs. I love songs that are memorable and catchy melodies and refrains that you sort of carry with you and think about all the time. And I kind of think of all those different genres as being part of like the great American songbook. Yeah, no, (laughs) I agree. So I think I'm a writer of American popular song, if you ask me. <laughs> well, you you really are. It's a different soundscape. It does. And I think, you know, you're in very good company. And you, you mentioned Prine and Paul Simon and some of the others you mentioned. I mean, these, these are incredible storytellers as well. And I think their songwriting is as strong as their, as their musicality. You know, I have to tell you, that's what I see with you as well. So, you know, keep it up. It's a fantastic album. And if you had to suffer <laughs> through some of these dark times to sort of forge this great piece of work, so be it, because it's really a good album. And I, you must be really excited to get out there and to perform it for people. I am. It feels really good. <laughs> yeah. And I'm glad you like it. And thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to see the new place. Well, listen, thank you for making the Lit at Shirt Factory one of those 30-plus stops on your tour. We are thrilled to have you. I cannot wait to your performance on Friday, November 19th at the Shirt Factory Center stage in Lidditz. Do you know how to pronounce the town's name? Lidditz. <laughs> you got it. Awesome. That's awesome. Carsey, thank you so much. Thank you, Jim. Looking forward to it. I'll see you in a couple months. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Jim, that was really good. You didn't You're think really I, good at this. You didn't think I could interview, did you? I, I did, no, I did, I knew you could interview. No, that was great. She sounds. Yeah. I like her already, and I can't wait. So November nineteenth. Yes. Oh, I can't 8 wait. Eight p.m. Showtime. Tickets already on sale at our website or at Eventbrite. At Eventbrite. Twenty dollars. 
Believe me, it is uh, a good investment. It's going to be a hey, you know what else great too? night. I remember when you mentioned her to Rich Ruoff, and he immediately knew of her, is a huge Chameleon fan fame. of hers. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Roots Rich and Blues. Ruoff, Roots and Blues, who we had spoke to earlier. So I think that you've really got another top talent yeah. coming to Lidditz. I have to tell you, I mean, I knew she was really good, but after I went to see her, I just and saw the enthusiasm of the crowd and heard how, I mean, she really connects with the audience. And it's really going to be a special night. I cannot wait. Yeah, boy, and she's had a heck of a time during COVID. God love her. I know. Yeah. Hey, I have to tell you, this past weekend, you had brought two other artists to the area that I guarantee we don't see this type of artist in this town with any regularity. And it was, I actually went both nights. Francois you did. Thank and you. Daniel <laughs> were so fantastic. So everybody that I've talked to that was there just said that how incredible the show was and how their talent, they're the ones that totally inspired you to do the shirt factory. Yeah, I mean, they did. I saw them, you know, like five, six years ago, shortly after I bought the the, the uh, warehouse. Right. Uh, and I wasn't quite sure exactly what I wanted to do. I was kind of having some buyer's remorse. I was a little bit panicky about what, the, what am I doing here? And I went to see them and it was so great. They did a, a Pink Floyd tribute. Right. And David Bowie. And David Bowie. And they're just, they were so talented. And it was like an epiphany, really. It was like, this is the reason I bought this warehouse. And I'm going to, I'm going to convert it into this great space. And I'm going to bring music of this caliber to the shirt factory. And I actually went up to them afterward, tried to book them, even though the, I didn't even start construction. Have a venue yet. <laughs> yeah. And they looked at me like, hey, dude, you know, get back to us when you're done building whatever it is you, you think you're going to build. <laughs> right. Well, I did. <laughs> And we brought them here. It was great. It was, I think, you know, the, they had their first encore, the first encore at the Shirt Factory, the shirt which factory. was standing ovation encore. They came back and sang another song Saturday night. So, but the good news is they said they're coming back. Oh, they'll be so, coming back. So this is good news for everybody out there. If you want to see an amazing guitar player, is that what you say? Guitar player? Guitarist? Yeah. yeah. And percussionist who just vibe off of each other. It was just a great event. And of course, I'm a huge David Bowie fan. Which leads us to the next thing, because you've got this incredible art display going on right now up at the Shirt Factory. And right to my right was the beautiful art of David Bowie while I was listening to him play David Bowie. So tell us about the art exhibit. Well, we have a new resident artist, which I'm trying to establish where, you know, like every four months we bring in a new artist. But the new resident artist is Frederick Soir. He's actually from Lidditz. You know, he does these incredible portraits of legendary musical artists like Bowie. Right. I mean, everyone from, you know, Hendrix and Clapton, you know, Joplin, Bowie, Croce, mm -hmm. everything. And it's oil-based paints and acrylic. He just does a great job. And he's really turned the third floor of the, of the shirt factory into his installation. In fact, he even has a name for it. Yeah, he calls it Celebrities Through Time. Okay. And it's Mostly musical celebrities, from what I gather, but there must be 30 different portraits. They're beautiful. And I yeah. saw him at the Arts Fest right yes. here in Lidditz Springs Park. In the park. And I thought his art was incredible then. And then to see that you got him there, I do want to buy the David Bowie one. And you want to buy the Janis, Janis Joplin one. So yeah. we're, that's one of our things we really need to look into. But it was great. So even just 
coming to collusion, having a beer and go upstairs and look at the art. It's just, it's beautiful. And some evenings he's actually there. If you check okay. his, his website or even on my Instagram, I'll post it. There'll be evenings where he'll be working there. Oh, good. And like you can Alistair go up. Yeah, okay. You can go up and talk to him and he'd be happy to share with people who go up and visit you know, his experiences and, and what, what inspires him to, to paint these great portraits. Right. So yeah, it's really cool. Okay. Then what else do you have coming up at Shirt Factory? You've got some interesting things. Yeah, some more. I do. The um, early in November, Friday, November 5th, I believe it is, I have a group called Trash Juice. Now, I'm not so sure about the name, but <laughs> I got to tell you, it's six young guys and it's jazz fusion. I mean, they're, th these guys are in their 20s and I'm thinking, and they're local. They're, okay. from, they're from Lancaster. I'm like, where did, and they're tight. They remind me of like a mix of Weather Report, Chick Corea, Steely Dan. Okay. So oh, it's, it's funk, on. jazz, rock. It's, it's okay. amazing. They're Different. really, really good. Right. Okay. So I'm really excited about that. And it's definitely worth stopping by. And that's just going to be a, a, like a $5 cover at the door. Okay. Uh, easy enough. And then we're going to try something different. Oh, God. We're going to get down. <laughs> Funky town. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no. Yeah. I don't know what language I'm telling you're you. speaking either. Well, okay. You know, after we all gorge on our Thanksgiving, on Thanksgiving meal. Turkey. Right. The next day, November 26th, the Friday, we are going to have a get down Motown dance party. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. We have been bugging Jim about doing a dance party, so yeah. it's happening. Do you okay. like Motown? I love Motown. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love it. And who's DJing? William, aka Bill. Bill? Bill? Trivia Bill. Bill Cohen? Nice. Trivia Bill. Yeah. Oh my gosh, he's great. Okay. Because he's got great enthusiasm and yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. I think it's going to be fun. Oh my gosh, please everybody come out yeah. and let's dance the day after Thanksgiving. Okay. Well, you promise me you'll put on your those special dance shoes you have? <laughs> I've read Ruby Slippers. Yes. Yeah. No, I don't have special dance shoes. I meant the one with the big heels. The, oh, know, the my white. Pla those platform ones? Yeah, the big white platform. Okay, the big white platform. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, I'll do it. No, hey, I won't. I think, why don't you just say goodbye? Enough. Hey, and just remember, everybody, to get updates, either go to Lidded Shirt Factory Instagram or the website. And sign up yeah, for- and sign up for emails. Coming events. Right. Because we did talk to a lot of people over the weekend, and they say their way of finding things out is either through social media or through websites. So please, just keep checking. And that's it. That's it. Say goodbye, Thank Kim. Thank you. Goodbye, Jim. Bye. Goodbye, Kim. Bye. And while you're thinking about it, go to where you get your podcasts and subscribe and give us a review. Visit our website, lidditshirtfactory.com. Join our mailing list, and you will get updates, event info, and lots of cool stuff. Follow us on our social media channels, Instagram and Facebook at Lit It Shirt Factory. And don't forget, come have a beer and a bite to eat here at Collusion, 5 Juniper Lane, Lit It Shirt Factory, seven days a week. <laughs>